but we'll still get the gun. Damn! Podcasting live from the Wang of the United States. It's Gundam at MHQ. <laughs> this is uh, Chris Guanche, and I'm joined as always by Neil Lorenhook and Sobro Ryu, aka number one Saji Crossroad fan, BFF forever. I'm, yes. pres- I'm president of the fan club and a, cl- and a member. <laughs> the only. <laughs> If you want to make any PayPal donations to the Saji Crossroad fan club, you can just send them to Soul Bros Way. I feel a thread coming on Mecha Talk. Oh, hey, don't worry. Um, th- Saji Crossroad, King Arthur, I've already, I've already Jesus de Cristo, Peter Pan. I've already bought the URL. Buddha. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, this week we are going to um, take a look at a couple of topics. Uh, our continuing series, Double uh, O Reviews, first up. Then we're going to be talking about uh, music in Gundam, which is a requested fan topic. And then later on, we're going to be looking at uh, the roles of women in mecha shows. And uh, since some fans have requested this, uh, some mention of super robot shows, since uh, we've mostly been focusing on reels until now, and we'll be moving in, into uh, supers more as time progresses. Uh, before we continue, I just want to give a uh, shout out to all of our listeners who are in the military, whether they're here or abroad. I know from tracking MHQ's uh, statistics, we have quite a lot of people who visit from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. So I appreciate uh, people taking oh. you know whatever free time they have while they're doing their duty to give us a visit or to give the podcast a listen. Thank you. And um, you know if if uh, the podcast and the site help people pass that. Their job easier, then that's uh, something we can do. Yeah, I know. Um, um, thank I know you. That, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't know that at all. I know that SOCL is uh, actually came back from um from the desert not too long ago, and um yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to him. I've been meaning to for a while now. Yep. But um, he's definitely one of our one of our one of our soldiers out there in the in the thick of things, and I'd like to thank them and anyone else that's out there listening. Yes. And moving right along. Um, I don't have any other special comments right now, so as I'll just uh, pass it over to Paul so we can do uh, Neo's News, which, as always, is courtesy of Gnoda, uh, aeug.blogspot.com. So I'll just uh, hand it off to you, Paul. All right, here we go. Just uh, sounding a little nasally. I'm getting over a little bit of about the old colony disease this week. Oh, <laughs> man. Got a max reference. <laughs> but... um. Actually, news is actually pretty good. Um, the first uh, first week of sales for Volume One of Gundam Double uh, Zero or Double O mm-hmm. was third on the overall weekly DVD charts in Japan. Uh, first uh, on the weekly anime DVD charts, sold about twenty two, th- a little over twenty two thousand copies. So um, that's uh, seems like the show is not only doing well in the ratings, but uh, you know the old cross marketing of the show is doing pretty well too. And I know in this episode we're going to be talking a lot about some soundtracks. So um, there's going to be uh, the Double Zero uh, OST number two is going to be coming out on March 26th in Japan. And um, two of the tracks are that are listed are the TV size versions of the first opening and ending songs. So um, all those people out there, you know, wanting to get the get a hold of that uh, soundtrack go ahead Uh, March 26th will be the time and here's something 
that we've been kind of talking about um it seems like every every week now is uh there's more information uh, and this is on gundam.info and they post the second and last of their special features on the menace of axis game the gear and screed game that's coming out for the psp cool and if you go to a uh, good um you go to the they have a link to the gundam info dot info uh, site and they're going to show you you know the article and they're going to show you the feature and there's going to be some pictures of some of the f- over 400 different mobile suits that they'll have in this game oh. so all you man you keep mentioning this game so much that i really want to play it oh yeah I, it, it seems like every every week every, every time that i'm looking for the news i'm sitting there and it's just more and more stuff coming out about this game so i just want sony to know um, that um, I would buy a PSP if you if you if you help to bring this game here in English, well, please. I mean, I, I know, I know I'm, that I guess you're not buying a PSP. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, uh, you could um, get yourself a DS and import that Double uh, O game that comes out in March. So that's always a oh, yeah. possibility. My DS is always at my side. Yes. I put this. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm ready. And something else, and some more portable news. Uh, another reason to have a PSP, especially if you're in Japan, uh, is Famitsu. Act, um, they announced that the Super Robot Wars A portable is coming in for the PSP. It's going to be coming in June uh, 19th, and it's a it's a port of the Game Boy Advance the Super Robot Wars Advance from 2001 with upgraded graphics and oh, wow. added voices for all the characters during the battle scenes. So, um, Alpha. Wow, that's no, awesome. No, not alpha, not no, alpha. No, no, advance. advance. Advance, oh, God. Advance. Oh, God. So basically they just, I, I, not too much information. It's just upgraded graphics. doesn't say if they redid everything, mm-hmm. or but they also added voices, which is a, a nice little thing here. Cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty much just a quick port because if I remember correctly, they also. It's coming out in June 19th, so. They also ported uh, Super Robot Wars Advance to cell phones. So, you know, this is not something that's that's new. I mean. Probably it's new the the fact that there's some updated graphics here and and voices which I'm sure probably aren't on the cell phone version but I wouldn't expect that much of a difference kind of like um, you know the Final Fantasy ports for one and two on PSP only slightly updated yeah. versions from the yeah. the GBA so not as grainy yeah not as grainy <laughs> so I wouldn't expect like you know a massive uh, power up in in graphics but it is certainly interesting that yeah. uh, there's character voices now and. We, that brings us to the going back to the well segment of the news. Bandai Entertainment, um, actually uh, anime on DVD reports that Bandai Entertainment uh, for April, they're going to be releasing the Mobile Suit Gundam Sea Destiny Final Plus. Oof, that was a mouthful. Really? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. For uh, $24.98. I'll be, oh, that's actually um, released on tax day, April 15th, oh, 2008. What better way to spend your tax money than on Destiny? Hey, get your return. You get a recycled uh, ending. And uh, this is this is the really going to the well part. There is, um, and on uh, April Fool's, this is actually funny. April first or April Fool's Day, they're going to be uh, releasing as part of their Anime Legends Edition Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam Collection One. Oh. It's going to be about six hundred and twenty-five minutes. Uh, that would roughly translate what about the first 25 episodes 25 episodes so yeah basically they're taking that six disc thing that they did a couple years ago and putting it in two wow okay. pretty much <laughs> but um and this is and some more uh video news 
Uh, if you go to Happy Net online, they actually have a streaming commercial of the uh, Shars Counterattack Blu-ray release. Wow, that's cool. I took a look at it, and it looked pretty good. I mean, considering it's on Windows Media Player, I don't have a high-definition monitor for my computer. So, but um, yeah, anybody that wants to check that out, just go to uh, just go to Happy Net online or go to Ganada, and there's a link going towards it. Lastly, got a little G Festival 2000 news Uh-oh. i guess uh celebrating the 2008 2008 i'm sorry why did i go back in <laughs> eight years all of a sudden way to go marty mcfly yeah <laughs> wait a second yeah trying to really i talked about final plus i'm i'm all fococted now all right but um <laughs> okay if you say so the 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 <laughs> no uh g festival 2008 uh they were celebrating the dvd release of uh gundam double zero and it took place in osaka on the 26th and in Shinjuku, Tokyo on the 27th. And about 2,000 people were selected to attend from some request forms and different uh, anime and manga publications, including Gundam Ace and New Type. Mm. And uh, this is what's funny. We, this is, I guess, where everybody's getting the parallels with uh, Double Zero and Wing, uh, Gundam Wing. Is It was noted that many female fans were present, uh, though there were a mix of men of... Uh, w- uh, men and women, young and old. So, wow. uh, if you go, if you go to Game Watch, they have their coverage there. They have pictures showing the events and you know just showing all the cool things there. But lastly, oh, and this is for Soul Bro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it has been confirmed, Soul Bro, What's up? that an artist named Taja will be doing an insert song for Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero. Mm-hmm. The song is entitled Love Today. Right. And it is a single des- described as a fleeting love song for particular two characters. Who? Lock on and Setsuna? Oh. And this is coming out on March 26th, <laughs> no. No, no, so no. you need to circle your calendar. Oh, I, I, I will. <laughs> Go ahead. It is not only the man, the myth, the legend, Saji Crossroad. <laughs> Dope. And King Arthur. King Arthur. King Arthur and his concubine, well, Luis. Wait, is a song for those two? There is going to be, yeah, it, it has been confirmed that um, there's going to be an s- insert song called Love Today for those two. And that's going to be the theme of the third season? No, it's an insert no, song. Just a, no, just an insert song? It's an insert, oh, insert song. song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. The song, yeah. like one of those character theme songs you find, yeah. like the, yeah. those albums. You know, I, I never could stand those albums. Then again, I'm, I don't speak but, Japanese, so it's like, well, ugh. <laughs> but <laughs> but this hey, is Saji Crossroad. It is. Though. I this, might make the there's exception. There's a first time for everything. I might make the exception, man. I'm so all, I'm all March 26. I'll mark my calendar. So man. that's a big day. And there should be soaring trumpets for the King Arthur myth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will fly to Japan <laughs> with Excalibur and pick it up. There you go. You do that. So, so I guess this this must confirm this must confirm your suspicions about him. Hey, man. In the show, because I don't know why dude. they would do what this. What can I say? So, you'll get that but, ring. Um, sorry, that's sorry, uh, that's the news. And like always, all our news is cons- uh, courtesy of Ganada. And we'll be right. Uh, right back with our first segment. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Cute's a relative term. I'm more concerned about my Gundam dessert. That's right, the show that's giving them the dickens, reminiscent of Charles, is coming to MegaCon 2008. That's right, that's Gundam at MAHQ, and we're broadcasting live, well, kind of live, from the MegaCon by way of Anime Sushi. We're going to be there, that's right. 
me, Sobro, Ryu, and Neil Ornick. And Chris. The three of us will be there. 11 a.m. on Sunday, March 9th. 9th. Although the con will be going on the entire weekend, we'll be giving a panel, taking questions, and... Signing oh, autographs. <laughs> some of us will. Um, and uh, headshots. And... Yes. And um, also, we'll be um, taking questions from any of the um, any of the listeners that would like to participate in this panel and given prizes. Well, come and see us in Orlando in on March 9th at 11 o'clock at the Orange County Convention Center. That's right for MegaCon. And as always, check uh, mhq.net for more details like rooms and yep. all that stuff. You'll find all the details there. We'll see you at MegaCon. Be there or be square. <laughs> True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego and a couple of new people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a goddamn magic show ready to double team your girlfriend and it stops. It stops right there. You're listening to the show that's doper than Pfizer. That's right. It's Gundam <laughs> at MAHQ. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about uh, the latest episodes of Gundam 00, um, episodes 13 through 16. There's been a lot of developments in these um, episodes as well. Well, when, haven't, when hasn't there been? But um, <laughs> a lot of things have happened. I'm still riveted, and I'm still we're still enjoying the show personally. And I, I believe I believe um, our other hosts here are, are digging it as well. But... Um, uh, getting into the first episode, episode 13, that is uh, Return of a Saint, and this is a continuation of the uh, the crisis with the Ajistan, Ajistan, where yeah. um, one of the uh, one of the leaders in Ajistan is kidnapped. Uh, was it a Masood? Yeah, he was like kind of the the uh, the opposite religious leader of Marina. Marina, so the guy who serves on, he plays a. Uh, I guess devil, not devil's. It's a devil's advocate, I guess, but uh, in a sense, sort of, yeah, sense, sort of. But um, he's still he's still cool people. But um, he gets kidnapped, and um, he um, uh, Celeste being motivates, um, configures a plan or creates a plan in order to rescue him. And um, I really enjoyed that episode, especially for one thing: when um, my man Lock on gets behind the real sniper rifle and starts bucking those guys. Wait a second. Your, your man Lock-On? Well, I have... No, I, I, can't, I, 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 can't I have, be your man. Oh, okay. My your boy. Man is Saji Crosser. My, my boy. My boy Lock-On. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm going to um, run out of titles, but uh, my boy Lock-On gets behind the sniper rifle and starts capping those guys when... um, What's his name? Wong Long? Yeah. The, um, Han, Han Long. Han, Han Long. Long. Thank, thank you. Um, when he, um, yeah. he goes in there like uh, Kato from um, what's it, uh, the Green Hornet, the Green Hornet, <laughs> Green Hornet, <laughs> and gets up in there behinds. And um, he, I, I, I knew that guy was bad, but I didn't realize how bad he was until um, you finally get to see him in action with that with that really weak mask. But, <laughs> 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 but that was worst that was, Gundam mask ever. That's what I'm saying. But at least he had one. Yeah. <laughs> About time we had a mask. But uh, he, that was a really cool scene, and I didn't expect. That Lock-On would actually reveal that, you know, he really was a sniper, but I guess that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And it makes you wonder how long he's been doing that. Probably way back when he was in, um, when he was in Ireland during his, uh, his, er- his earlier years. But, yeah. Um, what did you guys think about that episode? Well, I mean, it was, you know, basically the conclusion of that whole little, like, story arc thing with Ajistan. And 
um, what is it? They re- it's everything returning back to normal. Um, then we get what is it? Satsuna uh, is in the desert doing some advanced scouting and actually meets up with uh, Graham and Billy, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, kind of an interesting exchange there, especially was- when. Yeah, because you can tell that that Graham knew exactly who he was yeah. talking to. That was yeah. an awesome scene too. Oh my god! You know, just accidentally dropping all this information, and Billy's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, He's like, "Oops, <laughs> slip of the tongue." <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of strange. I mean, it 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 was it was a really good scene because I didn't know what was going to go on, and I thought it was actually kind of interesting the way they they kind of wrapped it up there, where they just kind of let him go, and it seemed yeah. very intentional. I like Setsuna and innocent, like. Oh, I'm just a little boy who came to see the battle with this, like, all gentle voice. Yes. <laughs> Yet he's holding a gun behind his back. <laughs> with a with a Gundam about a thousand feet from him or something like that. Under, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, under, mirror, mirage. Under um, yeah, predator like cloaking. That's right. Cloaking or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting. I thought one of the other powerful things, and it brings up... Um, you know, once again, brings that real life sense in it is when the, um, I guess she was like the chambermaid or whatever, and Marina's court uh, comes in and brandishes a weapon on her, and yeah. th- you know, basically Marina's guards, you know, take they drop her, they drop her with no, <laughs> with no, no thought, extreme prejudice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was that was actually, and I I, I liked it. It seems like in every. In every episode, still that they they kind of keep that real world sense of, you know, this is Gundam. This is um, you know think you know this is in the future. These are futuristic ideas, but you know a lot of this stuff, a lot of stuff that we have to deal with is still going on in these times, and you know it makes it makes the show a lot more compelling. So I thought that was one of the more powerful parts of that episode. What about you, Chris? What, do you, what do you, any any thoughts on the episode? Personally. Um I like the the scene where Setsuna, uh, he's bringing Masood back to the to the palace, and he's got no weapons, and you know he's just slowly like yeah. walking over, even under gunfire. And uh, like I said in my review, um, I think it gives Celestial Beings some uh, good PR because it shows them as being something more than just this mysterious group that intervenes in war. Yeah. That uh, you know they they could be credible peacemakers, and I think that that. You know, when uh, these Union pilots wanted to uh, open fire and Graham's like, no way, if you do that, the world will turn against us. He could tell exactly what was going on. Celestial being was a good face for the world to help uh, garner some more support. So I think that worked out well for them. Also, I think uh, this episode sort of wraps up the the first arc of the show Mm -hmm. and has finished laying all the groundwork for the stuff that's to come now with the the new arc that we just are in the middle of so uh with that note uh what'd you guys think of episode 14 oh episode 14 well that was the one with uh dawn of determination dawn of determination yeah it was actually that's let's see that's that's the one where um saw, uh was it louise's mother leaves finally right yeah yeah finally and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they have they have the little uh me, me mrs robinson mrs robinson is out the door <laughs> Um, and then Louise is doing nothing but crying the whole episode, and um, yeah, I know. I I I I don't like Louise. I didn't like her from Jump, but um, that's just me. I know a lot of people like her, but you know what? 
Well, that, that's I, cool. I don't, and I can, I can deal with your your boy Saji yeah. being a total spineless worm, but <laughs> every single line of dialogue she has just annoys me more and more. That I think she, I just hate. She's the character I hate the most in the show, and the way she acts. 15 and 15 doesn't do anything to help her image. Not no, at all. She's, at she's all. the typical. She's just so spoiled and just crying for no reason. And Setsuna, you know, correctly points out, like, hey, it's not like your mom's dead. Right. There's there's a dick move she does in a later episode, but I'll get to that. But um, <laughs> I like him. Um, I like how we start finding out that um, what is uh, uh, what what the heck is um. Saji's sister's name. Kinue. Oh, we got Kinue. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how they start discussing about. Um, you know some of the work that she's been doing about the scientists and how you yeah. start finding out like all these scientists have been disappearing for like the last 200 years and that that puts a lot of um that starts to put a lot more mystery in the whole thing about what's going on with celestial being and what is really going on there especially with um, development of the gundams and the power plants and you know how long this whole type of emergence of celestial beings been you know in planning so I mean that that heightened everything up there. I think uh, should give some special mention to uh, to uh, uh, Billy, mm-hmm. yeah, for going after going after Sumeragi and using uh, national security secrets to try to get some ass. Yes, oh. that's that's original. I, I will um <laughs> I will I will second that. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. It's kind of too bad he has no idea what what he's getting into. Yeah, well, he knew her from way back, but maybe he knew her when she was when she was much different. Yeah, he knew her when she, but but he you know he has no idea that she's with celestial being and yeah you know he's telling her all these things that shouldn't. God, we, and then I guess which even she says yeah I swear to God a Grammy's here he'll probably psychically pick that up too just like everything else that man's freaking there if if um if Sasuna can vanish like Batman then I think freaking uh what's his name uh Graham is uh he's got the intellect of Bruce Wayne I I just don't get it I, he's um when he meets Setsuna in the desert and just is able to pick up immediately that he's with celestial being and then um what later I don't on, know if you necessarily knew he was a celestial being he knew he was he knew he was up to no good yeah he knew, he knew he wasn't you know who he was saying he was being yeah but i mean the observation observations yeah. he's making lately it's like he's spot on yeah and you know just like with the whole um in episode 13 again when when Setsuna makes the march through the courtyard to take back the uh the uh take masood back to the um to the place everybody else wants to confront him and it's like no you did it and we're screwed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which makes perfect sense i think i should point out that that calling graham uh bruce wayne is a first since so far everyone is insistent on calling him a char, a char. A char. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that, that's when he puts on the mask <laughs> then again he's got the blonde hair and he's an ace of some sort so he already fits part well, of it and he's not a char let's uh, he's he, a, of course not let's make that very clear since everyone keeps trying to make these these force comparisons no graham he is not a char a char yeah he's <laughs> no not at all but um in this one we actually get to see the uh, union creates that f- uh task force that over flags yeah the over flags that he's uh i guess i guess graham is the leader of it i would imagine he is he is he is and i think it's pretty interesting uh this this dick joshua that shows up yep and uh he's telling uh you know graham's like he's like hey you better watch out or you'll get shot in the back by your commander yeah what that was a nice little it's like did he get that promotion by killing another superior officer it's like what is this guy talking about <laughs> <laughs> but exactly i kind of i let you know what that backstory is and find out um yeah but graham totally he just takes it in stride and he's like whatever i'll show you who's who on the battlefield that's right yeah and 
Yeah, and then and in a future episode, we get to see what happens. There oh too, yeah, so the the, the, but, the price um, for talking crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, and then I, I guess we basically find out that there's going to be that um, the joint exercise between the three, the three fractions, three, three superpowers in the uh, in the desert, and uh, <laughs> Rich is basically going to be used as a plan by the HRL to capture some Gundams. That leads me to a question. Which superpower right now do you like the most? Just out of curiosity. Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen much of the AEU, but the, um, the Union and the HRL, we get to HRL. see a lot of. Yeah, the uh, AEU, it looks like they just can't get their act together. Yeah. In any sense of the word, like, you know, they have to copy their mobile suit designs from the Union. Uh, they're the ones who are furthest behind in uh, yep. building their orbital elevator. But they're the ones that are dead set on being the leaders, um, the being being ahead of the space race. They can be. Yeah, even though, but they're the ones who are in like third, though. You know, <laughs> I don't know what exactly they hope to accomplish. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, both the Union and and uh, the HRL are interesting. Uh, you know, they got interesting characters in both, and um, yeah, you know, I think it's is interesting is with the HRL that they're you know, showing that they're using, you know, all of their resources because they're able to. The fact that, you know, they're made up of a lot of Asia, China, uh, Russia, that they have so much resources that they can do the kind of things that they're doing. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, the other superpowers can't. Yeah, and it, and it definitely seems like um, the leadership in both of those countries is a little bit stronger and they got a little bit more defined uh, goal and just not yeah just not you know uh coexisting but it looks like they're trying to use this whole thing with celestial being in, in a way to especially the hrl to uh make kind of a power play leverage their own power yeah, yeah. i think with that said uh, what did you guys think of episode 15 where the no that was a real stressful episode to watch because you never saw um you never saw celestial being take a beating like that until that episode yeah and it, it kind of did isn't that something they didn't didn't they do that in gundam wing where they basically unleashed all they did, but they where they I, unleashed like they, the whole armies on the Gundams. But they still got this. I mean, they, they didn't still have as hard a time as Celestial yeah, Being. Did. I mean, but they, it's like every, they knew all, that by that time they knew pretty much what their weaknesses were, and were they took they took full yeah, advantage of it. That's true. And um, showed how powerful those things are. Exactly. And how, um, I don't I don't know the exact composition of the armor, but man, those things will take a hit. Exactly. And you know the GN the GN reactors seem like they're pretty much limitless. Because they were they were going on full power, especially when they were dispersing the particles for the shields. That's right. Yeah. So it was a pretty good tactic, though, because you know they all realized that in terms of uh, firepower, we can't beat them because no, the guns are so advanced. But you know we can, you know, use our superior numbers to just wear the pilots down. And they still took te- heavy losses, especially in the beginning. Um, you know. The, uh, the, you know, have- the the three forces that you know converged on on the Gundams and it was a real good plan and it definitely I love uh, I just love that how 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 much bigger the old satellite cannon for the uh, virtue gets every episode every it episode. seems <laughs> and the damage it can do I mean my God though when he uh, when they switch to the one plan and he's he sits there and he has to do the uh, he just mows everybody down it's like wow how much bigger can this thing get but 
Um, I, I like the um, I like the fact that you got to clearly see who the rivals are for each of the Gundam pilots in this episode. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was just gonna mention that. What do you think of that of the the rivalries they set up? Like Patrick and Tiaria, it's like the odd couple for those two, and then um, mm-hmm. there's Soma and um, Alleluia. And then there's uh, of course there's uh my uh what's it Ali and, and, Ali and um and and then um Graham Lock-on. and Lockon yeah and I was like that's really cool I did. which is going to be probably the most interesting one mm-hmm. because they probably have a lot in common you, well not really fighting style wise fighting though. style wise but I think Lockon Lockon can't fight melee and that's what um Graham wants to do yeah I think that's probably the best I'm just talking about as as personal as personal character oh, you know, personal as, as personality wise. The Lockon's laid back and Graham's kind of straightforward, but I think they probably ha- probably have similar beginnings in a sense. Maybe just turbulent. That'll background. be the most interesting fight though, because their 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 styles are so varied. And I mean, that'll probably be the most interesting. He'll probably be the the one pilot that develops the most. Who um, in the in who Graham the show. or no, Lock on of the Gundam Meisters. Out of the four, he's the one. Uh, he's the one. He has to. Yeah. yeah. We should mention since we brought it up before how. Uh, Joshua got punked. Yeah, he tried oh, yes. to rush in and steal the show. And yeah. uh, he got punked by a freaking beam pistol. He's like, what? <laughs> I didn't see that. Boom. That was, it was, it was so, it, it, you, you, it, you could foreshadow it so well, but it was so funny to watch. I didn't think it was going to be the following episode, though. I thought he was going to just. Oh, he, he saw it totally. As soon as they showed up and the dude's going, I'm like, uh-oh, that's the same dude that's, that, that was, was talk, going against Graham. Talking oh, ass. He's going to get some. <laughs> oh, that's going to be the first, uh, the first casualty of the, uh, of the overflag squadron. <laughs> and it was. Yep. But, um. And what'd you think of, uh, I was kind of uh, annoyed, um. In the Hallelujah versus Soma, yeah, it seemed pretty short, and uh, the cameo by Hallelujah seemed like even more pointless. Mm-hmm. Like he shows, he he's like, "Hey, that's I want to know your name so I can kill you. That's a good name to kill." And then as soon as she flies away, he's like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm bored. Back to you, Hallelujah." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh man, I wanted to see Hallelujah just come out and start, you know, just going crazy on everybody and just blowing everything away. And he's like, "Yeah, whatever. I'm bored. I'm out of here." Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on there. I I, I know that they're they're kind of probably pacing that back for a, a really. That's probably going to be a nice one episode battle there. Well, I they would did, say they did touch upon. Like um, I said, my prediction: he's the first one that goes out of the four. Of the the Meisters. I, I think yeah. he'd be last, honestly, because yeah. of his disposition. And last one would be Lock On. Really, and Setsuna. And what'd you think of? Uh, what'd you guys think of the return of? Uh, Patrick, or some people call him uh, Team Rocket. Oh man, I call him. I, call I him, like him. I call him the Dan Habiki of Mech Pilots. Oh, I mean, I, I, I Oya G. It, it's good. It's good to have. It's good to have that kind of over the top character in here. That's not too cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that they make him over the top and you know way too, um, way too over exuberant. But you know, it's it's not cheesy. <laughs> He's the loser nemesis, man. And yeah, he, he fits the role well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, he managed to actually do something in in fifteen, yeah. although that gets undone immediately in the next episode. Um, and I think my my last thought on fifteen, uh, pretty interesting. The the final scene with uh, Setsuna, where he's just flying away, and then uh, he gets attacked by Ali and the uh, the Agrissa. Yeah. And the uh, totally expected, you know, electrocute the Gundam pilot scene happens. Oh yes. Yeah. So you got to have that in like every series where some like big jumps and electrocutes the Gundam and the Gundam pilot's like ah. Thank you, Makuve. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought it's interesting how 
you know, uh, Sikin himself, like, you know, am I going to die without ever having accomplished anything? And he starts yeah. thinking about uh, the old Gundam again. And then in his moment of desperation, uh, yet another Gundam appears to save his life. Exactly. Well, it's a pretty different situation with the, um, the Gundam thrones. And I guess that goes into episode 16. There we go. With um, the... Trinity. Yeah, because that, that, that was a definite cliffhanger in 15. I'm like, wait a second. Because at first I didn't know, and you know they kind of make it where you you automatically think it's the you know the the uh, the O Gundam, but man, talk about uh, talk about change of plans. I wasn't really expecting that to be honest yeah, with you. I wasn't expecting the pilot to be female either. Wow. Yeah, it's like, well, it's fine and everything. I have nothing against that. It's nice to see a female Gundam pilot or female pilot in the show period besides Soma, and um, yeah, she's like that typical spunky um. And and buxom, you know, kind of um, pilot that you know you you you'd picture to be in that role. I expected actually to be smaller than what she was, but um, what was her name again? I forget. Nina. Nina. Thank you, thank yeah. you. And then her um her two brothers. Oh yeah, one of them is really cool, and the other one's just a a complete jerk Psycho. off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I knew there was gonna be one, just like the um the druggies in um in the original Seed series. Oh, well, they were all nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, interesting note about. Uh, the the psycho mm-hmm. Trinity brother, um, he's played by the same guy who played Alfred in zero zero eight zero. Oh no. my god! <laughs> <laughs> pretty interesting uh, change of roles. <laughs> what? Wow, that's yep. pretty cool. Increase I mean, the length of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> a little well, bit. Always bringing up the hot pants, man. Whoa. I mean, Al- yeah, but. W- <laughs> Talk about show boy love. Al needed some 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 running leg. It was some running uh, room. Man. That, that's, the that's hot pants should have gone out of style with with Alfred and with Hero. So they should have. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to bring the the hot pants back. Oh, but um, yeah, that was basically a great episode then because all three of those the the Trinity Gundams show up and or the throne Gundam thrones come in and they basically just clean up and. Uh, save all those guys butts yeah oh one thing about episode 16 is during the recap i i i seem to notice that um alejandro seems to be in on um kind of in on the um the whole scheme with the thrones i mean it, it, yeah I, i'm just maybe i'm speculating too deeply but he seems to be kind of shifty and well he's always been pretty shifty yeah i mean yeah. I, I more so more so in that episode than others but i mean now we're beginning to see his purpose he might be playing celestial being too and if so, um, it's going to be I, interesting to see what happens. I can't wait to see the paradigm shift then towards the end. If, if we have, if there is one, I'm sure there will be. Now, one thing I think I should mention about 16 is, uh, since everybody was talking about this so much, is about the fact that it's a half clip show. Yes. And, um, you know, of course, I I abhor clip shows, and this is long before Seed. I just I just can't stand them. Oh god. Occasionally, you know, they're they're done well, like that uh, funky acid trip clip show from the original Macross. Oh yeah, you know <laughs> Phantasm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Phantasm. Episode 17. But, yeah, um, but I think this episode did well because even though clips are being shown, there's a lot of new rev- uh, information that's being revealed, like the yeah. fact that uh, this group of observers um, had considered uh, a motion to expel Setsuna because mm-hmm. he revealed himself and put himself in danger. Yep. And given how secretive mm-hmm. Celestial Being is, I think. Expulsion probably means bullet to the back of the head. Probably Pretty much, so. yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> Not just, here's a pink slip and uh, severance pay. Yeah. So we'll just lock you up. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on you for the rest of your life. Yeah, uh, for, the, no. for the next five no. seconds after we, you know, the, before the bullet hits your brain. Yeah, exactly. And they were going to expel um, yeah. both Alleluia and 
and uh, Sumeragi yeah. too. And Sumeragi. for their mistakes. Yeah, so I think that's that's interesting information. So for all people who keep, oh, it's a clip show. Yeah, I understand people have an aversion to clip shows, especially after Destiny. But you know, I think they did a good job of yep. handling it here by revealing new information. And that's yeah. the event of like um, Victory Gundams were. I'd have to I, I'd have to say um, the ones at Victory Gundam were informative too. Um, and that's like the I think that's the last Gundam series that had a clip show that was actually. Not not your average clip show, as far as you know, from my from my recollection. But um, well, G had a half clip show too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. I forgot G came afterwards. That's but, right. But um, so basically, I guess what the uh, the Thrones is, uh, I'm almost kind of getting the impression that they're kind of like the um, the enforcers of uh, Celestial Being. Like they try to they're 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 there to keep the Meisters in line. Well, if um. Well, I think they're there to do their own thing, and you, yeah. as you can tell, um, they do do that. At least, yeah. at least Michael, he uh, he has a complete disdain for for the original Meisters, and you know doesn't like that they don't kill everybody in sight. And, yeah. And uh, you know, they have their own their own objectives, but obviously that's something that's going to keep being discussed in uh, upcoming episodes. So we'll get back to that, I think, uh, when we do month five. Yeah, I'm, I'm also be interested in seeing how uh, why the difference in the color of the engines. Oh, that's true. Well, that's because uh, they have different GN drives. These are uh, GN drive Taus. Okay. Hmm. And that's something that's supposed to be discussed more in uh, episode 17, which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I kind of figure that, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And interestingly, the, the Thrones, they also make an appearance in uh, the 00F manga. Really? In the most recent installment. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't downloaded the last that's one. R- that's actually really cool. So it gives them, um, it, it gives them more, it, it introduces them, I guess, simultaneously. Yeah. And in two different mediums, yeah. so that's that's really cool for um for Sunrise <laughs> to do. But um, any any last words about these episodes at all? Uh, well, since since we have to do it, um, <laughs> what, any thoughts on uh, yes. Sir slash Peter Pan slash Frodo Baggins? Frodo Baggins slash yeah. Jesus. Yeah, slash uh, Buddha slash um, <laughs> you know, your man slash Big Pimpin. That's right. Slash Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Saji Crossroads. Saji Crossroad. Your man, Saji Crossroad. What do you have to say this the, month about Saji Crossroad? The key very, to saving the double O universe. I'm telling you, he will be the unifying oh. factor. Okay. He will be, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll shut my mouth. But for the most part, he had very little screen time, and I'm glad. I'm sure you guys are glad about that. But um. Well, I don't mind. I don't. Go ahead. I don't mind. Like I said, I don't mind Saji. I just can't stand. Oh Especially yeah, lately neither. too. Yeah, lately she's been off. She's she's been off the off the charts when it comes to annoying. But um, I did like the scene a lot when um, it was him, Setsuna, and her in the same room, and Setsuna cut her throat. It's just so awkward. Yeah, exactly. Setsuna cut her throat and then walked out. <laughs> <laughs> and Saji did nothing because he knew he was right. That's <laughs> what he does best. That's right, Saji. Nothing. But, uh, don't worry. There'll be there'll be a time. There'll be a time, and I'll keep hoping. Sure. But um, I, that's all I have to say about Saji. Keep on keeping on, Saji. I'll be there for you. <laughs> 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 you guys got Okay, I think that, that pretty much <laughs> kills this segment. Thank you, yes. <laughs> but um, th- uh, uh, that, yeah, that's pretty much it for this segment, and we'll be back. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Saji Crossroads. <laughs> Don't talk down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal. 
That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Done. damn about your personal life. Start talking. We're jumping on the white base! No! Jumping on the white base! No! We're jumping on the white base! No! Jumping on the white base! No! We're jumping on the white base! 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 Jumping on the white base! Base! We're jumping on the white base! Prices end in nine. God damn, that's eerie. Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. This is one of your hosts, Neo, and we're going to be bring, in this segment. We're going to be bringing back um, one of um, one of the submissions or one of the segments of the show that we haven't actually uh, visited in a while, and, and that's addressing a fan topic that we um, that we found that somebody had posted on the MechaTalk forums at uh, MHQ. So um, this one is from a poster called Gundamian Alloy. And he was talking about the music of Gundam. And so we kind of, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of our personal, some of our personal favorite soundtracks of the Gundam franchise, along with maybe who our favorite composer is and talk about some of our favorite opening themes uh, that we have with the show. So right on. Uh, along with my, myself as Soul Bro and Chris, like always, and I guess... We will go. I'll, I'll let Soulbro go first. Uh, why, why don't we? I guess maybe we'll do this first in like the soundtracks. Maybe you could just give us one. Want to go round robin? Like um. Yeah, just just give just give, oh, yeah, just give us one or two. Or, well, my my yeah. third my third favorite soundtrack. My third favorite soundtrack is actually <laughs> Mobile Suit Gundam: Shars Counterattack, and that is by um, that is by 
Shigeaki Sagusa. Sagusa, I'm sorry. And um, he um, he not only did that one, but another soundtrack I like. And just watching that movie, that soundtrack was very stirring. I'm, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. But then I, I didn't think it was going to have the same composer as um, um, Double Zeta and Zeta. And I think at the time I saw the time I saw Shars Counterattack, I hadn't fully seen. No, I did watch Zeta. I watched the bootleg of it. And um, then Shars Counterattack came out here and I picked it up. And the soundtrack was awesome. I, I, I looked for it everywhere and it took me about you know, six months to find it, but I finally did. And it was it's very stunning. I listen to it still to this day. I was just listening to it the other day and it's it's really great. And um, a lot of the themes in it are just, He's just, responsible for the Shar celebration song in the movie. Yeah, I guess so. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, I forget how it goes. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to break the ears of um, our one. listeners. So I'll, I'll just. I'll, I'll. I'll just shut up. <laughs> but um, get passing it off to Chris. What's your third favorite um soundtrack? Um, I don't really have it in any set order, but uh, one of the ones that yeah, no I don't problem. Either. One of the ones that I really like is the uh, Victory Gundam soundtrack by Akira Senju. And uh, I just like that it has these really sort of like sweeping symphonic themes, and uh, you know I think they they really help uh, set the atmosphere for the show. So I really do enjoy the uh, the victory soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, I that did have a uh, a really good soundtrack to it. Um, I guess you needed something because it really caught the mood of uh, you know not only with all that death and despair in that Ooh. show, also some good battle themes, really set the set the pacing. Yeah, very true. Well, I'm kind of with Chris. I don't, I don't really have anything in like uh, an Top order three. or anything like that. But um, well, screw uh, both of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. You go ahead and do it your way because it, it's play, me. It's, it's it's really it's really kind of hard to put it in that way. But um, uh, one of the, one of the soundtracks I like, and it just seems like everything from this show I like, would be the Gundam X soundtrack. Um, Which is really awesome. I, 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 that was that was almost there on mine. Yeah, because uh, Yasu uh, Higuchi, and uh, what I liked about that is it just the great thing about that show is it seemed like music was always playing, and it was always kind of an intricate part of it. And just from like the opening song that you see in the first episode, it's just like it's just really despair laden and, and foreboding, and you can just see that you know. There's awful things that are going to happen, and it just Ooh. really kind of dis, you know um, conveyed the whole sense of um, you know what those people were going through. And once again, uh, when we get into the meat of the show, there's some really great battle music, especially um, in the middle part where they're you know when when you finally got the Air Master and mm-hmm. and uh, the Leopard and all of them fighting. There's some great battle music in that too. And w- one of the songs on that soundtrack I really love is the, the what's it the Eye Catch going yes. going into commercial. Oh man, that was that was like the, that was so stirring. It's like wow. Yeah, that is that is an eye catch theme right there. It was just it hits you. Too bad hard. the actual animation of the eye catch was pretty uh, we, lame. Yeah, yeah. Pretty <laughs> black Gundam X look on a black screen. Like, come on, guys, give us at least something. That show, that show was no frills, man. <laughs> give me, give me some animation at least. Get, you know, give me get, at least a silhouette of Jamil. Oh man. But um, all right, Soul Bro, your number two favorite soundtrack. My number two favorite soundtrack <laughs> is by my, um, well, you know, I won't even say that yet, but my number two soundtrack is by a composer like most anime watchers know, um, Yoko Kano. Got, she's, she's a guy that's into anime soundtracks, and she did the soundtrack to Turn A Gundam, Ooh. which is 
by far the most epic Gundam soundtrack there is. It's just epic on every level. It's like it's so epic. It sometimes doesn't fit the show. I'm watching the show and it's like, man, what does it feel like Escaflone right now? <laughs> no, it didn't feel like Escaflone. To me, to, well, to me, they had to, it, she it's too good to feel like Escaflone. Well, she, and I'm talking about just like the vibe of the music. It's like yeah. she goes gets with the um, Warsaw Philharmonic to do her work. Oh, a lot of it anyway. And um, you know, you can you can just a lot of the themes in that show sound like um Escaflone and Brain Powered and she just got off of doing Brain Powered when she did Turn A just transitioned right into it so I mean one of my favorite songs in that whole thing is the mm-hmm. one where it's just uh you hear a guitar yeah and it's Air- slowly playing Airplant Airplant that is that's like just, the standout song on the yeah, first soundtrack I mean that that, that that's and it's just such a great vibe in that whole mm-hmm. show there but uh, and that, of course the opening theme that was that was that was that was awesome too because <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we'll hit that when we talk about some of our opening themes no doubt but yeah uh, turn a gundam one of my uh, my second favorite um one that i would have to say too would be um uh, it's kind of the lo- the old love hate relationship with this gundam show is the music of gundam wing by uh Koatani. Um, I guess maybe in a lot of ways, you know, it's one of my first experiences with Gundam mm-hmm. uh, was Gundam Wing. So maybe that there's a lot of connection there, too. But there, if I have the soundtracks and I was able to listen to them, there's a lot of good music in that. Yeah. I, I especially love the music that they always played at the beginning of every episode when they would do the recap, the kind of quick little recap, and it mm-hmm. would bill. And, um, you know, it had that kind of really kind of aristotic you know music you know it, and you know there big were, big horns and bands yeah and it was, epic it, playing sounding it, music it so. was very action-packed and those the horns was like one of the big things that got me about that and it's the first gundam soundtrack i ever owned really yeah first i was the first gundam show i ever watched so I, I i hunted down that soundtrack immediately after seeing it so but um chris your number two <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 not much to say here. I'm joking with you. <laughs> not uh, not much to say here because uh, again, mine isn't in order. But uh, another one I really enjoy is is uh, Gundam X for the same reasons that uh, you outlined, Paul. Uh, the only thing I would add is that the only downside of that soundtrack is the ending. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, what were they thinking? By that guy. Yeah. That's like. That just sounds like the worst, like you know, eighties like <laughs> love pop. It's like it's like it's like the ending. Thing that, that is true. It's like the ending thing to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I was like, where does this fit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to rag on the guy because because I do believe he's dead. But uh, oh man, and it just it just was not good. I mean, later on in the second half of the show, they had a Japanese woman singing that song in Japanese. Yes, you know, enjoy the song, but. Uh, that that English version was just oh so bad. Yeah, it was Ooh. pretty terrible. And the other the only blemish on an otherwise perfect soundtrack I just love in every aspect, whether it's, you know, the more comical songs, mm-hmm. you know, some of the you know, dramatic scene songs, the the battle songs, it's just a perfect example of, of a of a good soundtrack. There's one song and mm-hmm. I'll have to try to find it is uh, what I can remember from that soundtrack is it seemed like they always played it when, once Jamil got the axe back. And he would go into battle. It always seemed like it was the Jamil, you know, fighting song. Oh, the Jamil anthem? Yeah. (laughs) Jamil kick-ass anthem. But, um, all right, Soul Bro, we've all been waiting. What's your number one top Gundam soundtrack here? I know you guys have been waiting with bated breath. (laughs) 
my um my number one favorite soundtrack goes back to my um uh, uh, composer um Sagusa Sagusa again and um he of course did the soundtrack to my favorite Gundam series which is uh Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam and that soundtrack had everything it had it it it, it could go from dramatic it could go granted I think a lot of the songs had a melancholy to it. Um, a great deal you of the think? songs in the album did I mean, on the on the soundtrack did yeah, yeah I, of course but um then there was a couple of upbeat songs in there um like in the first episode when Camille and uh, Camille and Far running oh. and that that and um but for the most part I mean that soundtrack to me just it, it, I don't know it, in the eighties a lot of good soundtracks came and went I know Macross was one of them and um it was just that period where a lot of shows just had a soundtrack that just was perfect for that show. Um, I well, the thing I always thought was good about that soundtrack mm-hmm. was you could, you not only um, saw what was going on, you could mm-hmm. sense it from that soundtrack. soundtrack. Remember when, any, any, when anybody died, they'd play that blaring horn track. Oh, they, they'd get it's, Zeta Gundam yeah. death music. It's like, it's like uh-oh. It's like, oh my God. You heard that building up. You heard that song building up. You're like, oh, that guy's ca- cash. When I play cash the, is chips in. Exactly. When I play the game on a PlayStation and I die and that song comes on, it's like, how fitting. <laughs> I did. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not to hog the mic. Chris, what would be your, um, what would be another one of your favorite soundtracks? Uh, this is, this is uh, pretty tough. So I'm, I'm going to cheat and mention a couple simultaneously. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, definitely. Zeta, that, that's one of my most listened to soundtracks. Uh, another would be uh, Turn A. Mm-hmm. It's really varied. I mean, you listen to some of those songs, and it doesn't sound like you're listening to an anime soundtrack. You know, an anime soundtrack. It sounds like you could be listening to like a bluegrass album. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you can listen to something operatic. One particular favorite of mine is on uh, the third soundtrack, a song called Position X. Yes. It's just this booming orchestral track, and, you know, just. I just tie that so closely to the show. Yeah. Um, also, honorable mentions. Um, definitely, I'd have to say the soundtrack for Wing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great soundtrack. Pretty, pretty varied. And um, also, probably the best parts of these two shows, the soundtracks for Seed and Destiny. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, those I, I actually do frequently listen to those soundtracks, and uh, they're definitely the the highlight of the show. And even stuff like uh, you know that evil operatic theme that Shin gets later in, in Destiny. That's all is yeah. great mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, on top of that, that same composer did the soundtrack to the Big O, and that's a I love that soundtrack to death uh, for that show right there. The yeah, and I you know the uh, especially the Destiny soundtrack yep. is very good. Yeah. Um, I mean just just like just the opening. I, I remember the one where they kind of you know when they used to launch the Impulse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just how you know and the music would just build. And it, and it just worked because you're sitting there and you're watching and you're seeing all these components fly out and, you know, it, the music's building with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, here, here's the impulse and uh, off to recycled animation. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what do you guys think of the uh, the symphonic versions? Because there's uh, there's a symphonic CD I, for C, there's one for Destiny, and then there's sort of like a general wrap up of all the shows before that. Yeah, I've I have. And one for Turn A. Yeah, I've yeah. heard the. Symphonic Seed. Me I too. It's half of the half of the Destiny one. The the symphonic ones are great. Um, yeah. I, I I really like the take that they take in uh, you know the course that they took in a lot of the songs where the songs still identifiable, but they added you know the songs are so strong that you know they they were able to go into orchestra music and it didn't sound cheesy or forced at all. I mean it was like you could actually see people going in 
and you know viewing this at, at, with an orchestra mm-hmm. um without you know not knowing that it was from a, a gundam show but um oh another honorable mention is um eighth ms team yeah oh my god <laughs> that's yeah that soundtrack is just um there's another one that's just epic you know but it's very militaristic you know it has that kind of war sound yeah. to it that you you probably hear in like a world war Two epic and well, um, you hear it in that show and it's like this it's it's really is it's, it's a very impressive soundtrack i liked it a lot we uh we talked about some of the soundtracks so one of the things that people always like about any of these anime shows are always the openings so what are some I don't necessarily have a favorite, favorite one, but I'm sure Adam the Soul Bro does because, uh, you know, he's probably got his top three. But what are some of your favorite openings of some of these Gundam shows? I'll just mention my favorite one, and that's from, again, um, Sagusa and um, Zeta Gundam, and it's the second opening for Zeta. Which, oh. um, I won't try to pronounce the Japanese name of it, but the translation is from an aqueous star from with love. Actually, I I I, I correct myself. It's not Sagusa. It was um Neil Sadaka. Originally written by Neil Sadaka. Sadaka, exactly. And um that leads into the whole debacle when they brought Zeta to America and weren't able to put him on the um the DVDs, which I was very sad about. Um because that's such a great song, and and uh, although the opening theme they used was great anyway, it was from the soundtrack, but still. I just I was a little hurt that they didn't bring that they bring it over intact like I wanted and um oh well I, at least I own it in some way so I I'll, uh, that's all I got to say about that but great opening um other than that silent voice with double zeta silent <laughs> voice I love that song too I have to agree with you on that one too I hate anime Jinai, by the way. I'm probably the only I one like that, that does. One, actually. I hate that song to death. But that, that's, <laughs> anyway, I'm done. <laughs> but um, well, I think I, I don't necessarily have a favorite favorite, but probably two that I like probably the most are both openings from X again, um, the Dreams and Resolution. Um, they, I don't know. Is I guess maybe it was just the way that they. You know, they laid out that show and how everything began. It was a build, and then you got to the opening, and it just it just worked. And I mean, um, it really. What was nice is it wasn't too long, but it, it gave you the sense of you know upliftment and such kind of a you know a show that was such a a dreary type of environment. But um, Chris, any? Yeah, uh, pretty much have another top three in no particular order. Um, Aqueous Star with Love definitely is, is one of my favorites. I, I just love that opening. Uh, yeah. Also, Silent Voice, uh, great opening. Yeah. Really, really good mm-hmm. opening for that show. It's a shame that wasn't the opening for the whole show. Yeah. I really... Yeah. Anime Janai is like, eh, yeah. it's all right, but it's, it's pretty goofy. And uh, also, both openings to X. I also feel I should throw in a dishonorable mention for probably the uh, theme that I hate the most, which would be... Uh, Wings of Words, the fourth opening of Destiny. Oh, I just can't stand that song. I like this. I know some people. Yeah, like I like it, the but song. But I can't stand I it. Really? I can't stand it. Not only that, but it's 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 everything because the song I don't think really fits Gundam. And then at that point, the um, the opening had just so much recycled animation. Um, I'll give an honorable mention to um, 
believe, uh, from Nami Tamaki, the, the seed third opening, because I think that's a yeah, good, that w- good combination of the music and the animation. Yeah. You know, they just had some good animation of, like, things happening that match that music, whereas with later Destiny, you just see the same animation being recycled with new music, and it just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't combine well. well yeah. It just doesn't mix well. What about I'd, the I'd have to say the second opening, Pride, by, what is it? Yeah. High and Mighty Color. High Mighty Color from us. Mainly, from mainly, yeah, because yeah. I mean that at, that was when the show was going well. Yeah, and it you were getting a sense that you were you're building to something, but you know after that, then it just. Ooh. But um, I, I'd have to that I I, en- I enjoyed watching that opening because that when I saw that it was like filling me with you know anticipation, only to get dashed, dashed horribly oh, man. and i'd have to give a nice honorable mention to uh tobey gundam the original yes sir. opening because it shows uh, everybody a pirouetting bright noah put your hands up put your hands up everybody <laughs> <laughs> but uh because <laughs> it was it was so cheesy and it's um that was tomino at his fun it's just like an overman king ganner where they do the same thing it's like wow yeah keep it up tomino keep it up. don't ever change so i guess um I, I guess with our favorite composers, we kind of said that with our soundtracks, and it seems like everybody's pretty much got their, uh, you know. Well, well, my favorite composer, of course, is actually not Sagusa, is Yoko Kano. Okay. Yoko Kano, but that's over the scope of all her work. Yeah. If I if her and John Williams ever team up, I'll, I'll die. I'll, I'll I will die from um, shock. <laughs> but uh, well, that was some of our thoughts on some of the music of Gundam. I know we probably, you know, there's probably many other soundtracks out there that people. Um, enjoy and some of their favorites and definitely let us know when you hear this post them up on um uh up on the mecha talk forums and uh, we'd love to hear that because i'm sure there's ones that we even forgot so and maybe we haven't even checked out but um right now we're going to kind of take a break and we'll be back in a little bit you're listening to gundam at mhq hey peter man check out channel nine check out this chick gun damn it Lawrence, can't you just pretend like we can't hear each other through the wall? Oh, sorry, man. And over there or something? No, but if you want to talk to me, just come over. <laughs> Look at that! This is Sober Review, and when you have a free moment, check out these cool websites. M-A-H-Q.net. And that stands for the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. They have information and reviews on a variety of animes, as well as specs on Mecha from your favorite series. Check out the forums and see what the regulars are saying about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero. A-E-U-G dot blogspot dot com. And that website is Ganada. And that's your number one news site for all things Gundam. But watch out for those spoilers on Gundam Double Zero though. www.myspace.com slash FTS Shinjuku. And that's for the podcast that started it all. Flip the script. Anime, video games, movies, TV, and music are a few of the subjects that are tossed about in a roundtable discussion by six very different individuals. Boy Wonder, Dr. Encyclopedia Black, Lee Majors, and Shoji Romero, as well as the host of Gundam, Neo Loranoke, and Sobro Ryu. GundamOfficial.com That's Gundam O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L dot com. And that's for the official website of Gundam, of course. It's um, managed by the guru of Gundam himself, Mark Simmons. 
For those who had missed out on Simmons' mega fan site and extensive wiki of mobile suits in the late 90s, labeled the Gundam Project, now's your chance to see the second coming of it at GundamOfficial.com. www.myspace.com slash Gundam the show. That's G-U-N-D-A-M-N the show. And last but not least is the website for the unofficial podcast for all things Gundam and Mecha, Gundam. Check us out on MySpace, and if you're a member, add us as a friend and give us your opinions on the Mecha series you enjoy. Peep these cool websites when you get a minute. Now, back to... What What would you say you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the Gun. goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand that? What the hell is wrong with you people? Cruise fight! Welcome back to Gundam at MHQ, and this time we're going to look at uh, women in mecha series for this segment. It was sort of inspired way back from a uh, discussion in episode 2 about um, comment about the lack of women in, as leading roles in, in mecha shows, and I've been wanting to do this topic since I came on the show, but it just kept getting pushed back since we had so many other great things to discuss, but now it finally gets its opportunity. So I'm going to mention just a couple of, uh, we're going to look at some of these uh, mecha shows, and i uh, going to give a brief mention to Gunbuster and Diebuster since it's so well known. I don't think we really need to talk about that too much. You guys have any comments on either of these shows? Not really. Not anything that would be too informative. I need to watch Gunbuster again. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, that's that's a standout standout example of a show that um, features women as mech pilots. I'd have to say. Yeah, I mean, there's not much that we can say. Most people have seen it, so I'm uh, gonna focus more on some less known stuff. Another one from the '80s, uh, Dangayo, which had uh, the super, and it had four jet planes that combined into a super robot and three of those jets were piloted by women so what do you guys think about that show that show was awesome yeah um, it was as like the main the the, the 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 only guy that was in the group was treated like well kind of treated like crap but yeah you know, um <laughs> but it's funny to see the whole the, just the whole the was a role it was a role reversal basically up until like you know his, yeah. his other personality would kick in but yeah. before that you know the, the women ran the show easily and mm-hmm. that was nice to see he was he was also kind of lame since like yeah. his superpower was like running fast yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> it's like okay you're the you're the flash without a costume <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it, it i i it, it was actually kind of nice because you know seeing it uh, such an uh, it was an older show, so I mean, you know, so there were such male dominated shows back then. It was kind of nice to see that, especially in the robot genre. Any yeah. robot show, it's like mostly they know the audience is going to be guys, so you know they always want to make the main character a guy. So it was nice to see them taking strides back then, like that. Yeah, um, another show that uh, has a lot of women that aired pretty recently back in uh, 2006, uh, Soko No Strain. You guys ever see that show? No, no, no. I hadn't seen it, checked that one out, but I, I've heard the name though. Pretty interesting yeah. little show. Um, it's your typical interstellar war, and you got this uh, this girl Sarah Weirick, who um, you know she adores her her older brother, who's gone off to be in the military, and um, it kind of has this concept, same thing as in like Ender's Game and. Uh, Voices of a Distant Star, where people right. go into like uh, light speed travel, and for them, you know, they only feel like they've been 
gone a few weeks, but in you know real space, like decades have passed. Right. Wow. So she decides to become a pilot so she can be with her her brother because their parents are dead. And um, you know what's really great about this show is it starts off you have this presumed cast that all gets killed in the first episode and she's the only one who survives. <laughs> what? You know they you know this mysterious pilot who is from their side and one of like their advanced mecha kills mm-hmm. like both of her best friends as well as this dude who has a crush on her. Wow. Nice. Like wow. And then at the the shocking revelation that this like mysterious traitor ace is her brother. Imagine that. What? Yeah. So what's interesting is that she uh you know, she changes her name. She goes under an alias, and she becomes one of the uh, grunt pilots because she was piloting this pi- this mecha called the Strain. That um, you know, the mecha is controlled and it's like combined with the DNA of the pilot. And then the crappy grunts don't do that. And basically, like if your Strain gets destroyed, it's gone forever. Wow. And you can't. Of course, they find a way for her to pilot one, but uh, she goes undercover as a grunt pilot and uh, trying to track down her brother and find out why he, you know, betrayed uh, their side and killed all her friends. So, pretty interesting show uh, up until, like, the last three episodes because it's only 13 episodes and the story is wrapped up way too fast and it's really kind of disappointing. It's one of those shows, like, it really should have been, like, 26 episodes because there's so much left unexplained. But most of the pilots are women is pretty interesting. So I think that's definitely uh, worth checking out. Um, another pretty recent show, uh, Dan Kuganova. Yeah. Which oh, aired yeah. last year. Did you guys check that out? Or? Never I saw s- a few episodes of it. Never saw it. I saw bits and pieces of the original Dan Kuger, which was half the cast was like women, the, uh, the half the pilots were women, and the other two were men. Yeah. 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 Same thing here. You've yeah. got um, the main pilot, uh, Aoi. She's a hotshot race car driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's the, the main pilot, so it's pretty rare that you have a hot-blooded woman as the main pilot of a super robot right. and uh, the other one uh, is this like uh, SWAT cop you know who <laughs> busts like drug kingpins and stuff and, you know it's pretty interesting so I think that that show is uh, pretty well done another case where the ending is too rushed because this show is only 12 episodes but it's a pretty interesting show while it lasts yeah. and you know it's good to see uh Show, super robot show where the women are in control and, and, and the men are, you know, sort of not there. And it's this long running joke in the show that the uh, presumed like hot blooded male lead who's a bum, <laughs> his mecha is the foot when they're combined into Dan Kuganova <laughs> right. and doesn't get to do anything. So he convinces like the uh, the mechanic to give him some weapons so that he has something to do when they combine because <laughs> for the rest of the time he's just the foot while everybody else is doing their things. <laughs> so it's like, man, this guy's a bum. Really? Literally, he's a bum. Yeah. This mecha. Yes, he's a. He's he's actually homeless. Wow. And he's become, <laughs> he becomes a pilot. <laughs> yes, he's chosen as a pilot, and then you know the Desperate further times. information of that is that he's the foot. Yeah. Nice. And doesn't doesn't get to do anything. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he gets god. the kick. <laughs> Well, Every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> <not> <laughs> left foot, right not foot. Not even then. Oh, damn. Uh, another recent show that had uh, women, but I have never seen much of it, is uh, Jinky Xten. Have you guys ever read the manga or seen that show? I've heard of it, but I've no. never seen it. I've see, I see a lot about it, and I, it's out here. I always kind of want to check it out, but I don't know. I just haven't. 
I don't know. Yeah, to jump on that. That there's a lot of anime I need to watch. That's for sure. But, nah, uh, but why do you think? Why do you think real quick that some of these are only like about thirteen, twelve episodes? You think it's because they're just trying to see if they're going to be uh, successes or not? Because it just seems like with that type, you know, with the, the lady cast, it would. You know, it seems like they kind of give them a short string there. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, this is you know, thirteen episodes is pretty common for shows, and yeah. maybe they just don't think that um, you know the show is bankable at, at a full twenty six, so they just do yeah. the thirteen. But definitely, it it does hurt, like in these cases of Soko no Strain and uh, yeah. Dan Cougar, that you know they only had twelve or thirteen episodes to work with. And uh, they, you watch the first few episodes, and they feel like they're going to be 26 episodes, yeah. but then they suddenly end. So it definitely does uh, hurt the storyline that they, you know, have to cram so much into the end. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I I know that Japan is such a male-dominated society, but I, I didn't. I was, I kind of find that funny. It was kind of like the common thread I always kind of see in a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these shows with, with women as. The and even in just like um you know any type of like science fiction um you know mecha related like that but that's cool sorry just was kind of <laughs> no, no just just kind of thinking your thoughts about that i is I'm, I'm thinking about that and i always kind of thought about that why why it was like that but continue <laughs> sorry um i'm pretty much limited to, to shows that i've seen any other examples you guys can think of of uh shows that phone some women there's two i can think of that are on the opposite ends they're kind of polar and the second one you probably argue with me with but um the first one of course is pat labor i've only seen like maybe the first six episodes and that was way back when i was in high school yeah but um the main the main character of course is a, is a female i mean yeah um, she joins the police force and um she uh you know gets the hang of using uh, a pad labor which is the, yeah. the mobile the mobile suitor the mobile police that they use in order to um, cut down on any kind of mecca related crime and it was just neat to see a show that was pretty down to earth mm-hmm. and at the same time you know had a f- featured a female character as the lead in a show that you would probably normally see you know a male lead although her, most of her supporting cast were male you know she was like the um still the main character yeah and I, that's that's a show I really need to see more of. The other sh- the other show where a woman had a role, um, in a mech show, but she was the lead character, although she wasn't a pilot, was Escaflone. And granted, most people argue that's not a mech show or whatnot. But I mean, granted, she was still the focus. Um, aggressive. All the other pilot, all the pilots in the show were male, but it was a kind of a, to me, it was kind of a turn on, a turn the genre on its head. Because you had a, you had a, it's like the first mech show I can think of where it actually appealed to both guys and guys and girls watching the show. Yeah, that's true. And the main yeah, character. It's sort of like shoujo mecha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. granted, although she wasn't the pilot, she was the lead character and the story followed her. Yeah. And of course. That's, that's a good example. Yeah. That's a good example. But I mean. And uh, before we continue with, with that, because one bring up another example mm-hmm. related to that uh, just to work on Pat Labor um, what I think works about that show is that Noah Izumi she's you know sort of this lovable girl next door yeah. tomboy kind of character mm-hmm. and she's not like you know the but- fan service character she's yeah. you know just next girl next door practically and um, there's other strong women in that show you have uh, Kanuka Clancy the uh, half Japanese cop from New York who uh, oh, yeah. likes to spit out lots of English and uh, doesn't take crap from anybody <laughs> so she's she's yeah. a good uh, another good female character so those mm-hmm. you know and since they're cops you know you know doing their thing keeping uh, keeping the law in, in order and uh, 
know, you don't usually see shows about cops anyway, and yeah. you don't see women being the lead role in cop right. shows, so that makes them stand out. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Escaflone, so it's the whole shoujo mecca. Of mm-hmm. course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Ray Earth. That's yeah. very true. Yeah, yeah that's true. The whole first season of that show throws me off because I don't think there's any robots in the first season of the show, but the second, no. that's all about No, there are. There are. In there. They do mm-hmm. get them later on because, as you guys know, the show structured like an RPG yeah. game. Yeah. So they start off with like the crappy weapons, and they have to keep upgrading yeah. when they fight the bosses, and exactly. then eventually, you know, they level up to the point where they get, uh, you know, the their mechas. They get their own yeah. little guy molests. It's great, no, <laughs> but but I mean, um, they've even been involved in um, I think some of the handheld Super Robot Wars too. From what I from what I remember reading, I was like, they've even been in those games too. So it's like, wow, I, that's how, how I found out they even had robots. I was like, what the heck is Imagine Ray Earth doing in an SRW game? And as I, I looked it up, it's like they get robots. It's like, oh my god, no way! <laughs> and now it sits on my shelf. My my girlfriend has it, but I, I need to sit down and watch that too since it's now mech related. Wow. I would have never known a clamshell would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never got around to seeing the second season, so I have to check out. I will say I this: the, ever the Sega Saturn either. game was badass. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough out of me. I'm sorry. Any other uh, examples you guys can think of? Of uh, the only other, to... the only other one that I I still get confused on if it is or not, and I, I like the show, and I hadn't seen it in a while. Is Bubblegum Crisis? Yeah, because they got kind of the exoskeletons. The power suits. The power yeah. suits. So I mean, to me, it's kind of mech related, but there th- were there that were was some kind of one mech, where mech it was like mm-hmm. I know it's more like a cyberpunk type of show, more like a Ghost in the Shell type of show, yeah. but I, I don't know. I, it always kind of seemed to me as more of you know maybe on the on the miniature side of mech. I think it walks a fine line because yeah. I mean, like one of the eighty police, Leon. Had a robot. Had a had mm-hmm. a suit. He had a suit. I mean, it was small, kind of like um, uh, what was it? Uh, kind of like the uh, Homo the Alves. In, not yeah. the Homo Alves, no, but the co- other. It, what was the, the suits and Voltomes? It's yeah. kind of about the same size, but you know, a lot of more of him was exposed. But it, it was a robot nonetheless, and he piloted it. But I mean, it's kind of like a riot gear. Yeah, I think that's definitely worth mentioning. And um, of course, Ghost in the Shell definitely does have yeah. Mecha, so we should probably mention that one. And of of course, uh, you know, Motoko Kusanagi. No one. No one can mess with her. Not at all. No, that's the baddest woman in anime, <laughs> bar none. <laughs> do you do you know? Um, is there is there anything that on your radar, or anything like that, that you've heard that's coming out that might be a little bit more, um, uh, you know, with with some more lady lady pilots in it, or you lady know, lady pilots. Uh, let's see here. There's a new mecha show soon called Line Barrels of Iron that's based on a manga. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about it other than uh, the anime version other than um, the character designs are by Hisashi Hirai who did uh, you know Seed and Destiny and oh, Heroic Age and all these other shows. Yeah, so it's it's got that. Generally, I don't think we're going to see too many shows where mecha shows where women are the main characters because it, oh. mecha is a male-driven yeah. genre. I did, I did. So... I do have an honorable mention, Fafner. Yeah, I was just thinking of that too because the the women in Fafner had like equal time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they was pretty much split up half and half with those pilots. Shoko was like the one that, um, the one that stole the show. Well, she was the one that showed like, you know, all those pissant 
got, uh, you know, mobile suit pilots that never want to fly what to do in a real battle. There you go. Go out like a G. <laughs> Blow yourself up. She, she she manned up and got out there, boy. Yeah. It's Take like that, she- Shinji Ichikari. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, no, that you know what, um, in that one because um, heck, the best uh, one of the best pilot was what's her face, uh, Maya. Yeah, when she started becoming the sniper, and she was, I mean, she, was she was put on the, the the bench for so long, yeah, not knowing that she could actually do it. And then when she found out, she turned out to be one of the best pilots they would have had. Yeah, th- that one they were pretty much equal, and um, it didn't, you know, there was, it, it, it didn't really seem like there was any. You know, division towards I guess towards the end there with Kazuki. I mean, he was so above everybody; it yeah. didn't it didn't matter. But when it came to all the other pilots, and though the that was one too that was amazing to me, where the lady pilots, the girl pilots, died just as bad as the uh, <laughs> as the male pilots. A lot of times, you don't see that happen as much in uh, in a lot of these shows. But um, save for Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gundam's still lacking. I think Gundam Speaking still which, has to. A note to Sunrise. Take a, yeah. If you're listening, we do want to see a Gundam series with a female female lead. I mean, a main female lead. If we if we can get one, please. And not Luna Maria Hawk. Yeah. Oh, thank no. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you reckon on Luna Maria for? But oh, like I said, man. you know, given that mecha shows for the most part, especially Gundam, yeah. are targeted at teenage boys. That's yeah. why the TV shows always have teenage boys as as the stars so Which unless sense. that demographic massively changes yeah um i don't think we're gonna see females uh you know as leads anytime soon obviously gundam has had plenty of important uh, supporting yeah. females which of course we talked about in the past but um well, i don't think we'll we'll be seeing a female star that's true but i mean what about um when gundam wing was on that had a huge female audience yeah and uh, i it did and, as as did seed in japan yeah but, um, but I mean, since since know, they're gonna have multiple pilots, why not make at least one of them a girl? You know, like I just I don't know. It just it would be nice to see. Uh, maybe not as a main lead, since like Double O doesn't have really a main lead, save for Setsuna. And sometimes you know he's in, he's such in the background, you can't really you know he's not really the lead for that episode. But you know, someone who's like part of the ensemble that's a pilot. That's what I'd like to see. Now we got one finally. But um, yeah. Well, here's here's what it comes down to, and that's and that's uh, money. I know a lot yeah. of <clears throat> of. Uh, mecha shows like double o and code geass and stuff yeah. like that but and they may like the shows and especially they may like the the male characters but that doesn't mean that they're going to be buying oh. model kits that, yeah, that's, that's true. interesting that you said that code so, geass code geass had a pretty good um representation of women in there too it did and um that's that's definitely a, a worthwhile mention yeah i don't want to go too much into it because yeah because has that. it yeah Solbro hasn't seen it and then yeah don't worry cover yeah it. and we're going to cover that show we're going to cover that show in the future, but um, like I said, you know, there's there's lots of girls out there who may like these these uh, shows like Gundam Wing and Seed and blah blah blah. But if they're not and they're not going to buy it, yeah. yeah. If they're not going to buy the model kits, then well, that's that's what Bandai's interested in the most. Yeah, so, true. You know, a million fan sites devoted to Kira or Setsuna or Lelouch is great, but you know, if you're not buying, you know, that Master Grade X, yeah. Gundam. Yeah, you know, then then uh, that's that's really not what Bandai is interested in. So <laughs> yeah, true. I think that's 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 the thing. So if there's that's not to say that there aren't female um, plamo builders because there's plenty of them, but it's not the overwhelming audience. Yeah, you know, the vast majority are men, and I know some female uh, 
model builders who are very experienced, so no knock against them, yep. but you know, they're they're the minority. Definitely. It's like they're they're like, you know, the the Apple market share compared to Microsoft. That's mm-hmm. true. Yep. You raise a very good point there. And once again it is it is a society that is still pretty uh, dominated by man. Now, ladies there. listening, we're not chauvinists. No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. But I mean, that's that's and, what it is. And I mean, if you if you want to make your point known, let Bandai know you're buying those models. Yes. Even if you're buying them for your boyfriend, let them know you're buying them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There but, you go. Uh, that's good. But um. So I think that will about do it. Unless you guys have any uh, final thoughts on uh, women no. in Mecca. I'm, I'm no. solid. But I'm go- actually. I'm actually. The only thing I would say is I'm actually glad uh, that we're seeing a lot more. I like you said. I don't think we'll see too much more. Um, it's not like we're going to see you know in the next five years all these shows come down. But you are starting to see it a little bit more accepted, and they are going a lot of times now from just being like kind of the bridge bunny, kind of the you know yeah. cheerleader. And the hangar bay to, you know, be an an actual part of the the story and stuff like that. It is becoming more progressive. And one last note, go go Marvel Frozen. Thank you. Oh, man, that's Marvel Frozen stuff. I I love Marvel. I love Marvel. But anyway, I'm done. I've got no problem with Marvel Frozen for the record. But uh, anyway, just to wrap up, uh, I think it's definitely an interesting trend to see more women in Mecca. And I think it's a welcome change. I'd love to see more. And I really... You know, even though it's not likely to happen, I would like to see a Gundam show or a Macross show or something where a woman is is the main character. Yeah. So here's hoping that uh, maybe that will change someday in the future. And with that, that'll wrap up this segment. So uh, we'll be back on a commercial break. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Did you order the code red? Damn right I did. Everyone, so that we may forge our own path and establish a government for the refugees, I ask you, lend me your great strength just a little longer. When we've succeeded, I will then be able to join my father, Sion. I'll correct you, you damn grown-up! And thank you, everybody, for listening to the ninth episode of Gundam at MHQ. Uh, this episode, we talked, uh, well, we had our monthly recap of episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16, mm-hmm. a Mobile Suit Double Zero. And then we spoke uh, about uh, women in mecha series, talking about some series that are out there that uh, have women as their main characters. Uh, you know, a large part of the cast being uh, largely female. And going, and our last topic was going back to uh, some of our uh, listener submitted topics that we get off of Mecha Talk uh, at MHQ. And that is some of the music of Gundam, where we talk about some of our personal favorite soundtracks, composers, and some of the great openings of the Gundam series. So. As always, uh, if you have any questions or comments, just get us on the Mecha Talk forums at MAHQ, and we can be the show can be downloaded on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And if there is anything else out there, Chris Solbro, before we go, well, the email of course is Gundam at M- sorry Gundam MAHQ at gmail dot com, and then you also have um, 
you can go to the MySpace site also, which is myspace.com slash Gundam, the show. And, of course, mahq.net is the home of Gundam at mahq. And you can find the Mecha Talk forums at mechatalk.net. And um, outside of that, um, anything else? Anything else to add, Chris? I would just say uh, keep watching. In the near future, the next few episodes will have some uh, special yes. things. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that, and we'll make those announcements when the time is right. And, and keep up with the uh, uh, with the uh, topic posts too. Um, we're we're trying to incorporate those a little bit more, but we have so much to talk about that. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard, but that's true. You know, but keep keep coming up with a lot of those good ideas because. Um, you know, the one that we talked about today was a good topic, and yeah. that that was um, actually courtesy of one of our listeners, Gundan- Gundanium Alloy. That's right. So, and I also like to add that um, the shore topic is coming soon. So, ready yourselves; it's going to be heated. <laughs> are, are we going to discuss that one three times faster? Oh yes, we will. Okay, it'll be a two-minute segment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or you could just speed up our voices so that we're at, like, chipmunk sound. Oh, man. <laughs> we ought to. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's everything, uh, this is uh, Neil Lornoak along with Soul Bro and Chris. So okay. we're going to be signing off, and we'll see you guys in uh, about two weeks with episode 10. Catch you later. So it's true. Todd Guinness has died. Yes. He was a valuable battler. Perhaps out of courtesy to him, I should spare his village, Boston or whatever. It's the least I can do to honor his service to our cause. Gundam! At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ production. What the f*** happened to you, man?